Sometimes in education, it feels like we have big problems, but there's absolutely no way to solve them. It feels like things are not within our control, that we can't come up with solutions. And so we kind of hit a roadblock. But that's not what we're going to discuss in this episode. What we're going to talk about is how we take small problems and find big solutions for them. Because sometimes when we get stuck, we have to do those little things that make a really big difference. And guess what, friends? I'm here to tell you that those small problems and those big solutions add up and they make a monumental difference in our classrooms and our learning communities. I am 100% confident that this quick monthly motivation episode is going to give you the inspiration and the motivation that you need to have an incredible month in your classroom. So if you're feeling good or you're feeling like shit, guess what? This episode is for you. Let's get rolling. There is awesome in every single school day. the big question. How can teachers like us who love our job, love our students, and love being a part of education celebrate awesome even more in our classrooms and learning communities? Where can we find teaching tips and tricks? Where can we find engaging stories and motivational strategies? That is the question and this weekly podcast is your answer. So welcome to all my teacher friends. My name is Monica Genta and I am so excited that you are here listening to this podcast, This Teacher Life. So I'm going to be sharing two true life, real things that happened in my classroom and my school within the past few months. Because I truly believe as a classroom teacher, if it's happening with me in my community, it is also probably happening with you. And the solutions are universal. So the very first thing that I want to share with you, it was a small problem and it really created a big solution, was at a faculty meeting. I think sometimes we dread a faculty meetings because we think, what is our principal or leader going to throw on us now, right? Like, can we handle one more thing? Can we actually have one more plate spinning? Well, in this faculty meeting, the principal kind of threw out a challenge and said, hey, within the next three weeks, I need you to call three parents. How you communicate with them on the phone with regards to the topic is up to you. If you want to talk about grades, talk about grades. If you want to talk about attendance, talk about attendance. If you want to talk about something that the kid, that that they're doing and it's incredible, talk about that. I simply want you making phone conversation with three parents within the next three weeks. So this I thought was very reasonable. I didn't think this was one more thing. One call per week is not that difficult. 
but the principal made it very, very clear that this wasn't sent via email. This wasn't sent via some communication app. That this communication had to be on the phone. They wanted us physically speaking, right? Like dialing phone numbers and chatting with these parents from our for our students. And so I was like, no big deal. I can totally make this happen. And I get that I am into using a phone. That that doesn't scare me. That doesn't bother me. But I know a lot of teachers are like, man, it's just a lot easier to email. And I get that. So there was some grumbles. There was some eye rolls, I'm sure. And maybe some of you are like, oh, God, I hate calling parents. I get that. And there was a teacher and he raised his hand. And I'm going to be honest. I thought, oh, boy, what's what's going to happen here? And here was a small problem with a big solution. He raised his hand and he said, Listen, I think this is a great idea. I'm all for it, but, and here it comes, right? Like anytime you hear something, it starts with positive and you hear a but, no, right? It's, it's a red flag for here comes a problem, but it was such a small problem. He said, I'm all for this. I love this idea, but I don't know how to dial out on my school phone. He went on to say, I know that I've been teaching here for years. I know that it's in a binder somewhere. I know I have an email somewhere in my inbox describing how to do this. I'm sure you've probably done PD on it and I'm sorry, but can you tell me, can you explain to me how to dial out one more time? And I loved that question. I loved that he asked it in that meeting. Because guess who else had no idea how to dial out? Me. I've only been in the current school district that I teach in right now for three years. So I consider myself still pretty new. And I also don't understand our school-wide phone system. It seems way more complicated than the previous school district's phone system that I knew how to use. So you know what I use when I call parents? I use a Google Voice number. I don't use my personal number. I have a Google Voice number set up specifically for calling adults of students. So when he asked that hard question, that very small problem of, I don't know how to dial out, I was like, oh, praise Jesus, I don't know how to do that either. And you better believe I wrote down those notes. Here's the thing. I want us to stay, take a big step back friends I think sometimes when things get hard when things feel like they are stacking up on our to-do list we take these small problems these things that we can manage and we magnify them and when we magnify them we lose sight of the fact that this was a small problem and there was a very big yet simple solution that we could use to tackle it And this was a perfect example of it. He was willing to make the phone calls. I was willing to make the phone calls. We're willing to do the work, but sometimes there's that one small speed bump. There's that one small thing. And because of that, because that's in our way, we almost throw our hands up and say, this is stupid. I can't do this, forget about it. And I love that he raised his hand and said, hey, can you help me with this little issue? so I can tackle 
the bigger problem that is happening in my classroom. Friends, this is all about the micro versus the macro. And I'm sure you've heard this before, but just to give you some context, the micro are those things that are minuscule. Am I even saying that minuscule? There we go, right? The minuscule things, the tiny little things, those are the micro. But if we let them stack up, stack up, stack up, it becomes the macro. It becomes things that are now very large scale and we don't know how to solve them. And I want to show you the domino effect that this could have had. And maybe you're seeing this in your own teacher life right now. That I don't know how to dial out on my phone system. Therefore, I'm not going to make the call. Therefore, in three weeks, I'm going to get a pretty pointed email from my principal saying, you didn't log your calls. Then the principal has a chip on their shoulder. Then we're pissed at the principal. Then we lose communications with families because that's what we were supposed to be doing. And when we lose communication with families, those relationships suffer. And then grades suffer. And then we're at the end of third quarter and we're wondering all why all hell broke loose. It's because the micro leads to the macro. Those small problems stack up. And if we don't find the big solutions efficiently, it will turn into a much bigger deal. And I just want us to make a promise and a pledge to ourselves that this new calendar year, that the remainder of this school year and into next school year, that we are tackling those small problems so they have big solutions and so they don't turn into bigger problems. We tackle it here. We tackle it now. We tackle it in the moment. And here's the thing. That teacher could have easily sent an email after the faculty meeting and said, hey, so we're supposed to do this. Can you send me the directions for how to dial out? But no, he did it right then, right there. He tackled it head on. It's a small problem and that's a big solution. And it was efficient. And I'm gonna be honest, I took notes on it too, so I was really glad he asked because I was thinking the exact same thing. Now I wanna give you an example, not from teacher to teacher or teacher to principal, but I wanna give an example of something practical that happens in our classrooms all the time. The dreaded seating chart. We know that some of our students can make friends with kids they sit next to in the matter of four milliseconds. We think that we can strategically create a new seating chart and you're like, man, this is totally going to work. And that one social butterfly, that one kid who is chatty, chatty, chatty all the time, you're like, they're not sitting around anybody they're going to talk to. They're going to be so focused. They're not going to be distracted. I have nailed this seating chart. And then you sit that kid next to other students who you had no idea they had a relationship with. And oh my gosh, instantaneously, they are B. FFs. And you're like, how in the hell did that happen? I thought for sure I had strategized this seating chart. So what do you do in those moments when you're like, I literally do not know where to seat the kid? What do we do? It's a small problem that gets bigger and it gets bigger 
and it gets bigger and it gets bigger with every single move we make. Some of you are sticky note seating chart people and you got a name on sticky notes and you move those things and one of those sticky notes on your seating chart, it's run out of sticky because if you moved it so many damn times, you know that kid, you're laughing because you have to create a new sticky note because it's no longer sticky because you have moved it 400 times. What do we do? We don't let it turn into that. It starts as a small problem, but at this point in the school year, we're so stinking frustrated. And at the beginning of the school year, I noticed the kid. I knew, I knew this one. And I finally, at the end of September, after I'd moved the kid a couple of times, I had an individual conversation with him. And instead of me trying to solve this problem and come up with a solution, I asked him. I said, dude, help me out. This isn't working. Sat you in this front corner, didn't work. Sat you right in front of me, that didn't work. Sat you in the other front corner, that didn't work. Moved other kids instead of moving you, that didn't work. I'm like, seriously, man, help me out. I need you to take this problem and come up with a reasonable solution. Do we need to call home? Do we need to, we need to talk to the principal? Do we need to chat about this during lunch? What's your solution? Empowerment, empowering the student. And the kid said, uh, I'll tell you how to get me to stop talking. Move me out of the front row. And I thought, <laughs> yeah, right. There's no way. If I put you in the back, you're going to talk because we know this thing in education called proximity control. I intentionally have you in the front row because I know if I move you to the back, you're going to get even more loud. You're going to get even more sneaky. And he's like, no, I promise you, if you sit me in the back of the room, I am not going to distract as much as I'm distracting. Trust me, move me to the back row. And I thought, hell no, that there's no way that's going to work. But I was running out of solutions. I was running out of ideas. And this problem was getting bigger. So I tried it. I took his suggestion. I moved him to the back corner of the room. Four rows back from where he normally was. Did that create a big solution? I'm not even freaking kidding you. It totally worked. It totally did. And I think it worked for a number of reasons. And I think problem solving works this way a lot in our teacher lives is we don't have the solution, but we want to, we want to pursue it. We want to work hard, but sometimes, you know, who has the greatest answers? Do you know who can truly solve the problems that are frustrating us and are sucking all the energy out of us? Students can. And I don't know why we don't ask them more often, myself included. Why didn't I just ask him after the very first move? Because we think that we know how this works. We've been teachers. We've been doing this for years. We know kids. And I think sometimes we think if we don't come up with the solution, we're not as great as teachers. We're devaluing ourselves as humans. No. Humanity, empowerment, personalized teaching relationship building happens when we get our kids involved in the solutions that doesn't mean it's going to work every time but what I was doing wasn't working every time either and so maybe the the takeaway message from this is when was the last time that you had a problem that was happening in your classroom and you literally turned it over to students and you asked what's your idea What's your solution? 
What can you come up with? What can you do to help this really frustrating situation? And whether your kids are 6 or 16, I think that we have to trust our teacher instincts to roll it over to them and say, what you got? I think that shows a lot of control. I think that shows a lot of trust. I think that shows a lot of love. And sometimes it's those sentiments that is the roots of the solution. And friends, I know that these were only two problems. And I gave you two solutions. But I hope you see the overarching theme here. It's about Asking for help when we need the help and we're asking in that moment, right there on the spot, ask for it. Let your voices be heard. That's how we find solutions. And the other overarching goal of this is get your students involved in the process. When you run out of ideas or shit, before you even get to that point where you run out of ideas, empower students to say, hey, can you share an idea? Can you come up with a solution? I think those are the things that we need to do this month, but every single month that we walk into our schools. Because at the end of the day, I don't want these problems stacking up. I don't want us walking out of our schools frustrated. In fact, every single person who walks into a school deserves to love their experience. And we're going to love it a whole lot more when we don't have all of these problems stacked against us. I I know a lot of you listening right now, are in a situation, in a school, in a district, in in a situation where you're like, Monica, you don't even understand the problems that we have right now. You don't even understand the struggles that we have right now. And I want you to know that I do. I do know that. Because I've taught in schools that are feeling that. I've taught in schools that are experiencing that. I've worked with schools that have a laundry list of problems And they don't know how to get past it. And sometimes they just need another person. They just need somebody to see it from an outside view. And so if you are struggling with big issues in your school, whether it's buy-in, whether it's climate and culture of staff, whether it's some initiative that you're trying to launch and you got three or four people on board, but the rest of the school is out there saying like, I don't even know what can happen here friends i want you to know that i would love to work with your school one of the biggest blessings that i have in my professional life is that i get to teach students every single day but i also get the opportunity to work with teachers like you districts like the ones that you're in and help support them in a consulting role i love working with schools from all across the country both virtually and in person. I work with leadership teams. I work with whole school districts. I do personalized professional development. And if you are at a point where you're like, Monica, we need help. We need a cheerleader. We need outside ideas. Friends, let's go. Let's make this happen. In fact, this time of the year is the perfect time because your principals, your superintendents, your leaders are sitting down looking at the calendar, planning for PD next year. They're trying to figure out what can we do with the money that we have budgeted? How can we spend it? What's the greatest use of our resources? And sometimes that means calling in a fellow teacher, calling in somebody who says, I know how to do this. I know how to problem solve this. And I want to walk you through this process so you freaking love your school and you freaking love your job 
If there's something I can do to help support you in that, please do not hesitate to reach out. My email, monica at monicagenta.com. That's G-E-N-T-A. Or check out monicagenta.com slash PD. That's monica, G-E-N-T-A dot com slash PD as in professional development. I want to get the ball rolling with you because I don't want these problems to stack up. When I do consulting in schools, it's solutions oriented. It is not one of these stress oriented or like wah, wah, wah. We never get anywhere with that mentality. So let's go. Let's be cheerleaders together. I will go ahead and put direct links in the show notes for both my email address as well as the web address to start the conversation for PD. But whether or not we end up doing PD together, whether or not this is your first time listening to this Teacher Life podcast, I want you to know that these episodes are released every single Sunday night, right in time for your morning commute on Monday morning. I want you to click that subscribe button so you don't miss out on a single episode. And I want you to know that I am freaking cheering you on as you find those small problems that have really big solutions. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. And most importantly, thank you for living this teacher life.